you know you're at a sad gig where you know the band does all the, the hits and then no one asks for an encore and that, that feels like what the saints are right now Quarters, your one-stop shop for news, views, and overreactions to all things NFL. This week, it's the NFC South. Uh, will anything happen here now that Brady's gone? So, hey, we've got Connor here. We've got Ronan. Hello. And we've got Sean. Hello. How are we getting on, lads? How's tricks? Uh, Sean, this is your this is your farewell tour of Cork at the moment. Uh, future episodes will be taking place in Waterford, actually, actually. Well, I, I believe... Uh... The timeline we've established is that I'm already in Waterford. Uh, and yes, therefore, I know, but this is called uh, opening the Komodo. Anyone who's made it this far into the previews deserves to know we are batch recording some of these. Uh, or is so. this like, are we having like a multiverse saga right now or something? We are. We are. Sean, know, Sean moving where, to Waterford is the uh, is the critical event that splits the timeline. Yeah, Sean I, point. I feel like I'm in a million different places at once at the moment. Um, need to need to restitch the universe together. There is a world in which I am in Waterford and a world in which I have not yet gone. Mm. Um, the point at which you, the listener, are hearing this is in Waterford. <laughs> if you're on the hunt yes. to try and see us in person. Then. <laughs> uh, By the time uh, next season comes around, which we have this episode and next episode, then uh, he'll be fully ensconced in Waterford for real, for real, for real, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out which week this would come out in. This is going to be probably in close two enough weeks. to the fantasy draft would be right yeah i think so um uh or not quite no actually because this this one will be coming out uh the week you'll be coming up to dublin to uh okay. bartlett's uh rpg yeah, yeah yeah so exciting yes. times uh waterford is amazing but i must escape straight away to go visit people in dublin for unrelated reasons <laughs> fair enough fits how's the work going you, you nearing completion yeah yeah by the time we uh get through uh august or so it'll be done fully uh but right now just getting through the, the thick of it but we're into the kind of home stretch now i think all the things we want to be there are in where we need to them and now it's just all the spit and polish and testing which is always time consuming but at least uh, typically predictable yeah. also the uh headset that i've been working off of for i think maybe a couple of years at this point broke so i'm down to my uh less effective other work headset which doesn't have a boom mic so Apologies for any uh, additional traffic noise you may be getting. I'll try to resolve that by the time uh, we get into uh, season nine. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, no, nothing too too wild or crazy here. The uh, plumbing issues I was having beforehand are now fixed. We've uh, gotten the tank replaced in the in the roof, and it has not caused the entire ceiling to collapse. So you know, I'll, I'll take that as a win. Um, yeah, and then just getting ready for heading down kind of your neck of the woods, Sean, but uh, Kerry direction to. Uh, to a wedding now for on Thursday, so that'll be that'll be good crack. Um, but I suppose we'll kick off and have a look at the news. Thankfully, this is the quiet part of the season, so there's not a lot of news. There's lots of bits of non-news stories floating around. So there's where will DeAndre Hopkins land? Uh, Chris Jones coming close to getting a deal done. Uh, the only thing really of note is that anyone who's on a franchise tag only has about a week or so left to negotiate. Um, whether or not they can get a long-term deal done, but obviously we won't know that by the time this is going out. So I suppose the only big news that's happened is uh, running back Mark Ingram has retired after 12 seasons. He was a three-time Pro Bowler. He's over 10,000 all-purpose yards and 75 touchdowns, and he's going to retire as New Orleans' all-time leading rusher. Uh, I'd say a lot of people who played fantasy over the last couple of years will uh, know Melvin Ingram well. Uh, he helped out certain teams and screwed over other teams at different times, uh, depending on how you look at it. Overall, a pretty good runner. Uh, unfortunately, he was kind of you know, at his heights during a period when there was a couple of real top-end running backs in the league. So I can't imagine he'll be in any way pushing towards a Hall of Fame nomination, but you'd imagine he'd probably get a good chance of like New Orleans Ring of Honor or whatever being their all-time leading rusher. You look at the stats. I mean, I wouldn't have considered him in, in my mind to have been anything other than a solid running back, but you, you look at these 10,000 all-purpose yards and three Pro Bowls and stuff, that's that's pretty damn good. I mean, he was part of that, that Saints team that really ought to have won something near yeah. the back end of Drew Brees' career when they made multiple 
championship games and they, they they at their best they look like one of the best teams in the NFL but they they and the refs conspire to to, uh, <laughs> to deny them any shot Sean uh, getting all the Saints fans <laughs> on his side for the upcoming season I I just remember that there was the holding call against the Rams in the must be 2018 yeah NFC championship which was pretty blatant um so that was what denied Mark Ingram his his ring um but yeah no I mean it's pretty impressive in, in an era where, you know, running backs are kind of tossed aside once they're not that good anymore to, to accumulate this many yards with, with one, and to spend a lot of time with one team. He also did a bit of time with the Ravens, I remember, when he was part of a yeah. rotational thing. Um, but, yeah, no, impressive stats for a guy I wouldn't have thought – I wouldn't think in my head as, as being, like, a great um, uh, or someone in Hall of Fame contender. Yeah, someone who came in just after the Reggie Bush experiment didn't work out with the Saints. Uh, Ingram was himself a very successful player at the college level, at the Heisman Trophy. And then went on to have a fairly uh, successful career, I would say. Just like not, as you say, someone who ended up being the kind of all-pro, like, you know, uh, like let's put him in charge of everything type of guy. But someone who was always a solid contributor and by all accounts was a really positive force in the locker room. And I think that's kind of shown by the fact that the Saints were happy to bring him back. Uh, towards the end of his career there uh, to kind of be a, be a kind of elder statesman there uh, to, to people like Alvin Kamara. So, you know, I think he has a lot to be proud of there. He's moving into uh, broadcasting, if I didn't believe, and based on the personality he's shown um, interviews and stuff like that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he made a good, uh, successful career out of that as well. So, uh, well wishes on a great career and uh, hopefully uh, even more so uh, for going forward. The other bit of news I saw knocking around, although we'll be talking about it next week in the preview, so I'll probably leave it till then for the most part, is uh, the discussion of what the Rams are doing this year and is it a rebuild uh, certainly came into focus when a, a story broke that they've essentially been hanging a for sale sign around Stafford's neck and seeing if they could find anyone to take him and they couldn't, uh, which is unfortunate. Some believe it's to do with the cap hit numbers and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, we'll talk about that next week in the in the NFC West previews, but um, yeah, I think that's the only bit. And then for kind of a bit of fun news uh, what's coming out? Yeah, but doesn't doesn't Mar- doesn't Matt Stafford have like a spinal cord injury? Maybe he shouldn't be holding that around his neck too much, you know? <laughs> Quite true. <laughs> uh, that's probably why people are afraid about the large numbers of that. Because I believe if they were to shift them, it would still cost fifty-seven million to them in a cap hit. Um, but it would mean that they'd clear the next two years of his contract off the thing. Um, the other bit of fun news is that coming out this week, and we'll be watching it, but not in advance of the next show is. Uh, quarterback the documentary on netflix that's going to follow patrick mahomes um kirk cousins and uh was it the falcons quarterback marcus, marcus Mariota, Mariota as well so it's going to follow the three of them through the season so it looks like it'll be good uh good fun so looking forward to, to giving a look at that uh but i suppose for this week let's just swing over and start our nfc south preview why are you so uh, afraid to talk about the nfc side why are you delaying connor <laughs> <laughs> no reason so uh, first up, we'll go to the Bucks. Sean, I'll come to you on these guys. Even though Brady's gone, we still think you know they're kind of you know spiritually your second or third team. Uh, they've added Baker Mayfield, John Walford, Dave Canales uh, on the defense side. They've added Kalaja Chanty, uh, Greg Gaines, Yaya Diaba, Servanka Dennis, uh, Ryan Neal, Josh Hayes on the offensive side. Cody Mouch, Jack, I uh, sorry Matt Fellier. Payne Durham, Chase Edmonds, Sean Tucker, and Trey Palmer. They obviously lost Tom Brady and the offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, as well as Blaine Gabbert. So a true quarterback legend lost there. Uh, on the defensive side, they lost Golston, Raheem Nunez, Roches, Carl Nassib, Akeem Hicks, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Mike Edwards, Logan Ryan. On the offensive side, Donovan Smith, Shaq Mason, Josh Wells, Leonard Fournette, Joe Bernard, Julio Jones, Scott Miller, and Cameron Brait. So obviously, look, this is a... This is an interesting team in transition type scenario. Um, I'm not sure. It's hard. It, it's hard to figure out why they're positioned, given that they kind of, to a certain extent, sold the farm to try and wrap talent around Tom Brady and go and get a ring. And they went and they got their ring. Um, it's normally followed by a difficult second act when that happens, and you've got a, a QB battle between Baker and Trask, I suppose. So, Sean, what do you what do you think this Tampa Bay offense is going to look like. Yeah, I mean, this is the this is paying the piper. This is you sell your soul to the devil, and eventually he comes around for payment. This is a team that 
built a team around Tom Brady, uh, and then when they won a Super Bowl, decided to run it back, and then when they had a decent year, went out the divisionals, decided to run it back again, and then last year they were just pretty awful because this team was, they tried to build the same team for three years in a row, and everyone had figured them out, and Brady was finally coming to the end of his productive era in the NFL. Um, and had a you know a bit of a drop off, and, and the team around him just fell to bits, and it was all uh, terrible. So now it's where does this team go from here? How do you how do you get past Tom Brady? I mean, it's obviously as as a Pats fan, I do have a little bit of sympathy for this for this challenge because the Pats themselves are three years outside of Brady and are still maybe recovering from his wake, as it were. And, and the books were certainly. They weren't, there aren't, there's not much of an infrastructure around they just uh, around uh, the, the team in terms of history or, or, or great coaches or whatever. It's, um, it really was just Brady and the people who wanted to play with Brady and now it's trying to rebuild that. And, and you know, obviously the first place you go is, is to bring in Baker Makefield as quarterback, um, as, as the guy to, to move you forward. I mean, I, I do have some time for, for Baker. I do think he's a little bit underappreciated. He's obviously error-prone and has a tendency to be very up and down, but he can play quite well on his day and he is capable of beating a team when he gets his head down and does things. So it's an interesting place to be. It's kind of a prove-it year for him. He's obviously had the, you know, the, the being kicked out of, or wanting out of the Browns of being effectively kicked out in order to bring in Deshaun Watson. The, the failure to really establish himself at the Panthers being like the backup of the Rams having that one game where he, he kind of looked decent but otherwise not doing much and now he's basically competing uh, with a with a no name jabroni uh, in order to be a QB one uh, on a team in a, in a, a not fantastic team playing in a not fantastic division. So it's an interesting challenge because he can potentially, if he gets going and if offense finds a way to click, they they could pick up a lot of wins given that their division isn't the strongest uh, out there as as, we, as we'll talk about. Not none of the four teams are really spectacular in this division and kind of like. The other South Division, the AFC South, is, it struggles to see who would be the, 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 the playoff team that comes um, out of this. But the Bucks are going to be very much in a transition. It's going to be it's going to be a challenge to see how well they're going to do. They, they have huge problems, I think, on, on the offensive side in particular. There's not an awful lot of talent um, there. Evans and Godwin are still the, the two reading wide receivers. But we saw last year that they're definitely not where they were. Um, the the line is the, the, uh, one side of the line. You look at people like Worfs on, on the left and, and Jensen. There's the strengths there, but definitely the right side of the line is not uh, all that strong. Um, they're a little bit better on the defensive side, largely because they've kind of kept that probe, that that Super Bowl winning defense together. Mostly, I mean, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vey, Levante David, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. These these are names. Devin White. These are names that that kind of roll off the tongue a little bit. They're all probably. A little bit past it. I mean, this is this is three years past the the moment when this team was at their very best, and even then, the, the defense wasn't really the strong point that the Bucks had. They were more of an ex, you know make explosive plays kind of defense rather than a grind it out. Although they did have for a while probably the best run defense in the game there for for a season um, or so. So it's not on paper. It doesn't look particularly great talent wise. They're going to have to get something out of Baker. Baker's going to have to show. Uh, a lot more consistency than he used to. We've got we to get that one good season of, of the Browns, Baker, uh, back um, for them to have any kind of competitiveness. The other big question is now that Todd Bowles, who had moments where he did some very interesting defensive stuff uh, in the playoffs, um, he was part of the, the scheme that defeated the, 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 the uh, Breeze-era Saints uh, at the very end, and he's, he's is seen as perhaps being something of a defensive guru. He's not really proven himself uh, as a head coach, um, and it's it's questionable as to whether he has that ability to step up. Um, I just kind of feel, to a certain extent, this is going to be an after-dance moment that the every team like this, and we saw it with the Rams to a certain extent last year, is going to have that hangover when you you sell your soul to win to win a championship and. Either you do it or you don't, and, and the Bucks uh, managed to, to cash in one of the three years where they, you know, went broke for everything. I, I just feel this team is going to have a bit of a hangover and is going to find it difficult to, to, to just get the momentum needed to, to win a, a lot of games. So even in a weak division, it's difficult to see them winning a tremendous amount of games. And if you're going to be the whipping boys of the NFC South, then uh, it's not a very good place um, to be. Uh, the questions, I guess, on the offensive side, this, this Dave Canales' inexperience, can he do something to, to pull 
you know, performances out of the veterans that, that still are there, I'd, I'd, I'd question if that's true. And then on the defensive side, if they are... Do, do, they, do the, the big-name players on the defensive side still have it to, to put in the, the performances necessary? And then it's all on Baker's shoulders. But I can't say I'm very confident uh, about this Bucks team, and I would not be surprised to see them being perhaps one of the worst teams uh, in the league. Um, and probably the best they can hope for is to be middle of the pack, lower middle of the pack, maybe a five, five six, seven win team. Yeah, it kind of disappoints me a little bit to say, because like, similar to yourself, I do have a slight soft spot for Baker Mayfield. I'd like to see it work out. Uh, and this is kind of like, if it is to work out, this is the spot where it will work out. Like they've got a good, a, a decent to good offensive line there. Like the center is good. The left tackle is particularly good. They've got name brand talented wide receiver even if it's a little bit older now and evans and godwin so like he's got his weapons he's got his protection like maybe who's our running back at the moment uh rashad they expected white, to be rashad white, white. Yeah. Uh, so like maybe maybe, maybe, maybe maybe a little bit more in, in in that area but like if baker mayfield was looking for a spot that he has the pieces around that if he plays up it, it could go well this does feel like it but i just i don't know what it is i don't know if it's you know the inexperience of the offensive coordinator, the fact that like I think the energy has gone a bit out of the building and all that kind of stuff. It just I, I can't imagine it's going to. I, I don't expect it to go particularly well. But just because like they do have talented pieces here and there, it just feels inconsistent and a little bit directionless. And it feels like they're just kind of getting themselves ready to reload and start fresh and maybe see if there's something in uh, Trask and maybe see if there's bits they can use because like. Because even if they even if they succeed and they it starts to look okay, like the name brand talent we're talking about is old and isn't going to survive a full refresh. And th- like they're not they're not at the point of competing now. You'll see when we get to the predictions, but like I don't think they're anywhere near that level. I'm probably a little overly harsh on the on this on the actual results I expect them to get. But like it's it's a team that sh- could in theory like be surprisingly better than. I'm expecting them to be, but I just don't really see it. Yeah, like this kind of be a theme in this division. Every team is in either some state of being on the precipice of a rebuild or are already in the process of rebuilding. And the books, you know, it's kind of the end of one regime. It's the end of the Roman Empire or the Brady Empire, and they're kind of just, you know, we'll see what goes from there. And it, you know, the, the probability is that it probably won't work out because, as you say, there are gaping holes in this team because obviously they tried to sort out their cap issues obviously starting with the quarterback look Baker Mayfield I think you know we all kind of like him he's a fun personality but he's got distinct flaws in his game he's not a very good uh, reader of the field uh, particularly post-snap he's not particularly mobile uh, even though I think sometimes he thinks he is that's one of those he's definitely one of those players that struggles uh, in terms of um, athleticism compared from when he went from college to NFL where NFL players just eat him up all day and so he's a guy, if you build an offense around his strengths, which is uh, play action, half-field reads, um, good pre-snap uh, designations, uh, obvious uh, situations like that, um, then he can be an effective quarterback. We've seen that for the Browns. He got them to the you know, playoffs that one year, uh, and he obviously just needs to avoid putting himself on the line. I think you know, last year was obviously a very humbling experience for him going to Carolina and effectively getting beaten out uh, two or three times. Uh, but he went to the Rams late on in the season and basically a complete, uh, you know, wash season for them. And he won a game after a couple of days in the locker room. Didn't do too much in the subsequent games. But I think given where he was, that kind of reset might be the thing he needs to at least get his, uh, you know, uh, career back on track to being, you know, a marginal starter like an Andy Dalton type. Um, uh, or at least maybe a high-end backup. Uh, and then Dave Canale is obviously coming from the Seahawks. No play calling experience, but he was the quarterback. Uh, coach there he's also been the uh, pass game coordinator there in previous years so I think that's a scheme which in theory could play towards his strengths one which is based on downfield passing which makes sense with Mike Evan and Chris Godwin there one based on uh, pre-field pre-snap reads that's something that Geno Smith showed a lot of uh, promise with last year so you know Canale is obviously basically a complete x-factor uh, completely unknown in terms of what he might bring here but uh, obviously be given a big opportunity here uh, to try and drag something out from what is a bad situation because as you say there is talent there uh, but if the quarterback's 
situation doesn't work, then you're kind of in a lot of trouble. And the run game led by Rashad White doesn't exactly inspire fear. Like there's talk that like an undrafted free agent running back Sean Tucker might be the starting running back by mid-season. Uh, there's a sleeper for all you fantasy heads. Uh, but like, yeah, like half their offensive line is still good from the Breda era, but like they're going to put a rookie in there, Mouch, uh, guard, and then it's some kind of mixture between a bunch of um, below par, I would say, offensive linemen like Godeke, Filer, Leverett, uh, Hainsey. Like, they're just like, if you look at their PFF grades, none of these guys are particularly um, fearsome. So, you know, Todd Bowles is obviously still the head coach there, and that just feels like how long is that going to last? That's obviously a holdover from the previous regime with Bruce Arians and with Tom Brady gone. It just feels inevitable that that's going to end. It doesn't feel like Dodd Bowles is going to be the long-term coach of this team. It just doesn't feel like that's the the, the, the situation here at all. Uh, but obviously he's a defensive-oriented coach, obviously being a DC in his past uh, coaching career. And he has some solid players to build around. He has guys like Vita Vea, who is one of the best defensive linemen in the league. He has Shaq Barrett, who's a very solid uh, pass rusher, though he hasn't reached the heights that he did in that one season where he went really off. Levante David and Devin White are still a solid linebacker pair, although Devin White is making lots of noises about being unhappy, so keep an eye on that situation. And Antoine Weinfield, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, these are all good uh, to great uh, type of defensive backs. So, you know, maybe Todd Bowles can keep this team competitive and in, in a weak NFC South, I don't think you can dismiss them as potentially winning this division. But in terms of being anything more than, you know, maybe a very brief appearance in the playoffs, uh, it's very hard to see where the upside is here sufficiently uh, that you're building towards the future of this franchise. Um, so overall, you know, whether it's Mayfield or whether they end up throwing Trask in there mid-season, I don't expect them to completely collapse initially, but it's the kind of team where if your coach gets fired and the quarterback situation is a mess, those type of teams tend to have a very rough season and things can go very bad very quickly. So I think, you know, there's a world in which they can do well because they still have some of these holdovers in terms of all that talent they brought around to kind of get the ring with Brady and they kind of kept the band together for a few years, but the holes are starting to become larger and larger. And I think as you both have said, uh, the end of this regime is coming to an end and it's probably going to lead to a more substantial uh, changeover. There's some talent there they can rebuild with, but uh, don't be expected some big trades are happening this time next year in the Tampa Bay organization. Yeah. Uh, Trade ways, I should say. <laughs> they've, got, they've got a rough enough out start to the season as well of like, you know, the Eagles are in there, the Lions are in there, the Vikings are there. Like, it's 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 not going to be the easiest start to them. Uh, I do like, you know, not, not not to accuse you of talking out of both sides of your mouth there, Fitz, you said like, oh, you know, maybe they could challenge. None of us have them even remotely close to challenge. Yeah, well, look, look, like, you know, like... I'm a statistician, I think, in terms of variances, and, you know, there's always, <laughs> to some extent, you want to, like, go against the grain a little bit. But, like, look, like, there, like if you look at the, if you look at down this, you see greens, you see talents, but... The key positions, the key coach, like the coach, the quarterback, uh, some of the offensive line, they just look really bad. And those are the types of things that can easily yeah. sink things. And when when a regime is falling apart, it tends to fall apart quite ugly in the NFL. Yeah. If you, look at the, if you look at the talent on the defense, if the defense clicks and Baker gets a, a running start, it's quite a weak division. It's not inconceivable that they, uh, you, you know, there's like a 10 to 15% chance maybe that they make the playoffs. Um, it's not it's not outside the realms of possibility. Not like if they were in, say, the AFC West or something, they wouldn't stand a chance. They're in a division where they could win if they get you know, they pick up a few wins, get some momentum. Baker starts to feel in the groove. Todd Bowles gets his defense clicking. It's not inconceivable. I, well, yeah. It's it's. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's not inconceivable. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> with that in mind, I've given them one win. <laughs> Yeah, I think like it could all fall apart. I, like I have them five and twelve. Like as I said, I'm not optimistic about them. Like you can squint and see a, a path to success, but it's a very very narrow path, and it's more likely they fall off the edge. Yeah, I have them four and thirteen, which is fourteenth best uh, in the NFC. So not good at all. Yeah, next up, we'll have a look at the Falcons. Uh, so they've added defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen, um, the defensive side, Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, Bud Dupree, Zach Harrison, Jesse Bates, Mike Hughes, Jeff Akuda, Clark Phillips, Trey Flowers, Caden Ellis, and Tay Davis. And on the offensive side, Tyler Heineke, Bijan Robinson, Matt Bergeron, uh, Mac Hollins, Scotty Miller, and Johnny Smith. They've lost Dean Pease, Rashad Evans, Nick Wachowski, Jaleel Johnson, Abdullah Anderson, uh, Rashad Fenton, Mike Ford, Casey Hayward, Eli uh, Isaiah Oliver, and Eric Harris from the defensive side. And from the offensive side, Marcus Mariota, Demir Bird, uh, Olyamadi Zacchaeus, uh, Michael Purit, 
uh, Anthony Fersker, Kobe Gossett, and Elijah Winkerson. So, this is year three under Arthur Smith. Um, there's questions about whether or not this might be a put up or shut up kind of point within his career. I'm not sure. I, I think. I think the Falcons' ownership know they've been going through a lot of changes, so I think he might have a little bit more time than just this season. But this is a roster that you look at and you'd kind of like to start seeing it moving in the right direction a little bit. There's question marks to the quarterback position, obviously. Look, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke isn't exactly a tour de force of a quarterback room, but the rookie Bijan Robinson, everyone's expecting great things out of him. So if they can start to move towards kind of a run first game uh that could kind of help particularly with some of the weapons they have on the outside it is interesting to see that you know this is the team that was getting incredible performances out of Cordero Patterson at running back and then Tyler Algier came in last year and uh, and, and, and did great stuff as well so it was a little bit of a surprise to see them go Bijan but uh, like I said they kind of clearly want to focus in on that and with Tyler Algier there's the backup it means they've got a lot of options in there and if they can get that working then that means you know the likes of you know they've got highly highly drafted or highly skilled talent on the outside that hasn't fully realized their potential so like Kyle Pitts is the obvious one like highest ever drafted tight end everyone's expecting more out of him so maybe that will be able to come to fruition this year Drake London looked good last year could he take the next step up they don't have a ton behind that like I said hodgepodge of a couple of bits and pieces they've got a generally fine if not overly exciting offensive line um but the offensive line has you know, been doing a good job in opening up holes in the previous season or two for the run game. So hopefully that could continue. And that would mean that they've got a little bit of an identity on that offense. And the defense, again, nothing hugely stand out, but also nothing hugely jumps out as a huge hole. Like, you know, they've got some name brands like Grady Jarrett in there, maybe some older ones like Calais Campbell and stuff like that coming in, Jesse Bates uh, in its safety. Like there's, there is talent here, but it's not like, it's nothing that blows you away. But that's kind of been the calling card for the Falcons for the last couple of years of just being, oh yeah, that's fine. And Arthur Smith occasionally doing something interesting to make it relevant. Um, so yeah, like it's it's going to be an interesting a new defensive coordinator in place. So can he do something with the pieces that are there? Like I said, it's not bad. It's just not exciting. Um, there's, I suppose the, the big question is, will Bijan be able to change what the offense looked like? Because it was successful at times previously but got a little bit one-dimensional like you'd hope he provides a little bit of a spark to it and opens up some other elements for them because like i said this isn't a particularly difficult division so it's up for grabs uh either smith even if he thinks he's safe for another year because you know he still has yet to pull the trigger on getting a big quarterback into his system or whatever uh it would be nice to be able to see a little bit of development this year. And I think that would kind of solidify him. Uh, so I, I'm cautiously optimistic that they'll be fine. It's not massively dissimilar from years past of discussing the, uh, the AFC South ones where I think these guys will be fine. Uh, I think they might make the playoffs. I can't see them really going anywhere in the playoffs would be the, would be the big concern. Like it don't, I don't feel like they can compete with, even like, you know, wild cards from other divisions in the NFC. But, you know, I think there's enough on this roster to be a bit excited about. Like, if you if you if you dropped a league average quarterback into this offensive setup, you'd be going, Okay, there's some nice weapons here, there's a good running back room here, there's a decent line here, this'll be this'll be fine. We've question marks over their quarterbacks and that's why it's very hard to see beyond a relatively low ceiling unless one of the guys really steps up um but yeah like i i think they're going to be exciting enough i think they're going to do interesting things i'm expecting to see a couple of multiple back sets coming out of here and them doing some kind of crazy fun running stuff uh and i think i think it'll be entertaining to watch i think it'll look a little bit like probably late 90s early 2000s college football a little bit uh but that's no bad thing it's nice to see a bit of a mix-up of styles in the nfl so yeah, like, what do you guys think? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with the Falcons being able to contend for their division, but maybe not do much beyond that. Yeah, like, I would kind of be, I'm a little bit uh, confused by this team because, of course, it's very rare for a head coach to kind of be starting effectively the rebuilding 
in earnest in year three. Like that's usually the point at which you're about to get fired if things don't work out. So, you know, either uh, Arthur Smith is a very confident man or a very foolish man. But I think you know, what you saw this off season was a big move to try and shake things up. So, look, I think the offense wasn't great last year, but obviously, as you said, it had some innovative access to it. I think Arthur Smith showed that in terms of designing a run game, he is certainly one of the better schemers in the league at that. So, you know, you saw, as you said, you had Tyler Algier, Cordell Patterson being used in incredibly innovative ways and being very productive, although at the cost of, like, Kyle Pitts basically being non-existent, although some people would, some people would blame Marcus Mariota for that because he had very questionable accuracy. Drake London looked good uh we'll see if he can take that next step up but you know the quarterback situation is still a huge question mark Desmond Ritter obviously uh drafted last year and then given starter reps to, towards the end of the season and looked okay not bad not terrible obviously a guy with a lot of experience in the college level from his time in Cincinnati um so he's not someone being thrown there wet behind the ear uh but not someone who showed the traits that made you stand up and go wide he just kind of looked about the same as they did with Mariota, maybe a little bit more accurate. He was a bit more willing to go to Drake London, but overall things didn't take that huge step up. But the development of Tyler Algier was a major positive. Of course, that kind of, you know, the kind of value over over last year of then drafting like this, you know, generational running back talent in Bijan Robinson is a little bit questionable then, right? But obviously Arthur Smith had a huge amount of success um, with uh, Derrick Henry as his bell cow back. And maybe you start mixing in those other guys like Patterson and Algier, but I think if you draft someone like Bijan Robinson, it, it, certainly maybe this like you know I think people expect this year, but certainly by next year you would imagine that he will be in the Derrick Henry role. He will be running over guys. He will be like uh, basically the centerpiece of this offense. And so there are reasons to believe there will be breakouts, like rookie breakouts for Robinson, uh, a next step up for Drake London, obviously Kyle Pitts, all of the hype around him. Uh, it's a young offensive line at certain positions. Uh, Bergeron being brought in, and there's some experience there in guys like Jake Matthew and Caleb McGarry. Um, so it's not a bad situation on the offense. It's just a matter of, like, can they be explosive? Because, of course, if, you can, if you're not explosive, um, then, yes, you might win the NFC side, but you're not really going elsewhere beyond that. So I think, for me, the big uncertainty is really on the defense. They bring in Ryan Nielsen to replace a very exper- experienced DC in Ryan P... P- sorry, Sorry, Dean Pease, I mean. Uh, with Ryan Nielsen, who's a much more inexperienced coach, came from New Orleans. So obviously, you poached someone from uh, a divisional rival. And early indications are positive. Everyone's very happy about him because, of course, you know, people are always very happy initially in, you know, early season uh, OTAs and stuff like that. And it's a defense which, obviously, they've invested a lot of money upgrading because I think there's a lot of young players coming through who are starting to show some uh, showed some talent, guys like linebacker, like Troy Anderson, uh, guys like H.A. Terrell were developing uh, in the defensive backfield, but now they've gone, okay, let's get in some real talent to go alongside the aging veteran Grady Jarrett, who's obviously maybe got a year or two left in them to be a, a force in the NFL. Like They signed Bud Dupree, who came off a disappointing period uh, with the Titans, I believe. David Onyemata was brought in to shore up that interior defensive line. Clayus Campbell is brought in to hopefully, with the last year or two in his career, continue to show that kind of just uh, you know, good locker room presence while being a kind of just a physical force of nature. He's just a very big, strong guy. You kind of hope those things will continue to be kind of still effective. It's kind of like a Rocky Balboa logic. You know, he's still big and strong and can send them back into the Stone Age. It's probably fine still. And that will hopefully then raise up um, some of these guys who have been waiting in or who've had snaps in previous years and, and are waiting in the in the wings like Epikiti. Um so I, I would be a little bit questionable about like Bud Dupree and Lorenzo Carter and whoever else they have in, the def- in like in terms of pure pass rush. Um, but I suppose their hope is to stuff up the run and then let those guys get some uh, you know coverage sacks and stuff. But like if Jeff Akuda is like your currently penciled in CB two, like you definitely have issues there. So I would say the defensive backfield will probably continue to be the issue even with the addition of someone like Jesse Bates who is a major upgrade at the safety position. So look, I think it's a team that. You know, if this was year two of the re- of, of the Arthur fitting, I'd probably be a lot more positive about it because this is year three, and that's where you know itchy feet starts coming around, and that's where you know the pressure I think is already a little bit more on than it would be otherwise. Um, I kind of see a little bit of downside here too. I think after 
drafting all these big names to be on your offense and having a defense now stuffed with uh, defensive talent, I think the pressure is now on. You need, need to actually start delivering. And while the level what you need to deliver to succeed, per se, this year isn't that high because of the division you're in, um, I still think um, it's a situation where I can see just as many ways that they could fail to do so as to do so. But yeah, they're definitely in the running in this division. But in terms of being like a genuine, like, we're building towards something great, I'm still not quite seeing it. The things, the things are there that could go that way, but I don't know. I, I just don't have that much faith that that's exactly what's going to happen this year, and maybe not even going forward. I mean, of all the teams in this division, this is the one that I find the most interesting and the one I'm most intrigued to watch. I mean, I think in the long run, maybe the Panthers have a more interesting project coming together, but this Falcons team feels like one of the few teams in this division that has a coherent identity and we, we've talked about the the idea of identity an awful lot in these previews about but teams knowing who they are and the difference say between a lions and a jets kind of a team who knows who they are versus when you don't know who you are you can it's very difficult to get that cohesion on a, on a team level to to get the results together and i think the falcons are cohering around and behind arthur smith and obviously as ronan said it's maybe taken a little bit longer than with other head coaches he's easy he, a year behind the curve they had that one year at the, the, the end of the Matt Ryan era, and they, they kind of felt that, you know, they going through the motions, and then they had to spend last year, you know, bringing in the rookie quarterback, trying to, to rebuild. But they did they were interesting last year. They, they started off, I think, well enough. I, thought, I think they were above 500 for a good bit of the, the early parts of the season, at, at least, uh, before it started to, to fade away a little bit. And, and I think they, they do kind of have a sense of what they're doing. And then when you look at the pieces, that the young pieces that they're – putting together on the offensive side, maybe not Ritter as the quarterback. And as, as we said, he's, that is probably the one thing that stands out as being that's not really where you want to be going if you want to be, um, you know, super competitive at the top end of the league as a whole. But you look at Kyle Pitts, who is a tight end, is a wide receiver disguised as a tight end. You've got Drake London, who looks quite explosive. There's all this hype around Bijan Robinson. But nonetheless, he's got some pretty solid names behind him in terms of Algier and and Patterson as, as options in the running back. There, there is an offense there that if Arthur Smith can find a way to get them to click, and maybe it's about building around Robinson, maybe it's about bringing Taylor Heineke in and letting him do his weird up-and-down inconsistent stuff um, at, as a transition towards someone better. Um, but you do feel that there's some, they, could, they could click and it could become quite exciting and they could all... Um, come together. Then on the defensive side, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Jesse Bates. I think he was a really big part of what made that Bengals defense click when they made their Super Bowl run, and he's going to be a very big part of being like a leader that perhaps that the Falcons haven't had. Obviously, Calais Campbell is 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 a big name as well. Grady Jarrett is quite good. But Dupree, I mean, there, there, there definitely are some, some solid talent on that side. The question, as you said, is about whether Ryan Nielsen can take that step up. The Saints... Uh, you know, have always been interesting, and especially last year. They, they were the one part of the Saints that was interesting last year was was their defense that seemed to be able to do things from time to time. So maybe Nielsen can make that transition over. So there's definitely – you can definitely see the green shoots here. You can see the Falcons. They were a team that was going no – since their the Super Bowl debacle um, where they blew they blew their, you know, the 28-3 situation, this team has really not known who they were, and it felt like they were almost traumatized as an organization because they were like, well, that didn't work uh, – and uh, now we don't know what we are anymore. And it feels like it's only now in year three of Arthur Smith where they're, you know, they, the whole Matt Ryan thing is, is in the past. The, they've started to build an entire new thing. Um, that this is the year that maybe it does all come together. And I, I agree with Ronan in the sense that it kind of does need to come together um, because if it doesn't, um, this is the kind of, the, at least it's the start of the prove it year. He might be given, Arthur Smith might be given an extra year because the, the first year was essentially a washout. On, on account of the, the you know, you know, trying trying to transition from one type of offense to another, um, but if it does, if thing, this year goes badly, if they end up like being five wins or something, then you know the Falcons might need to scrap it all and start again. I struggle to see how that would happen given the talent that I have. I think the talent they have will, 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 plus Arthur Smith's coaching will pull them through. And in a division that week, it might very well be good enough to win the division. Because it's honestly looking around these four teams, it's difficult to see a team more in position to win this division now um, than the Falcons. The Panthers, maybe in two or three years down the line, will be very good. Um, but the, right now, the Falcons might very well be the best team in this division. 
Yeah, so we have got our predictions in. I have given them nine wins, eight losses, and that's good enough for the fourth seed. They win the division, but they go out in the wildcard round. I've done seven and ten, which is not good enough to win the division. I don't know, like three years of rebuilding and like this is it. Like I don't want to see Mac Collins and Jeff Okuda starting. Uh, <laughs> so maybe maybe it's a punishment for not doing a rebuild fast like you know good teams do. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, they're they're certainly in the running for the division. Every everything's relative. I mean, with this division, everything is relative, and the and the Falcons are by NFC South standards. Uh, exciting, so I give them ten and seven wins the division, four seed. But yeah, they go out in the wild card because this this is not a team that's going to win playoff games, but it is a team that can win this division. Yeah. Next up, we'll have a look at the Saints. Ron, I'll come to you on this. So they've added uh, quarterback Derek Carr, who, uh, as you remember from our offseason, had a lot of fun shenanigans, basically avoiding giving any trade compensation back to the Raiders in his move to here. Uh, they've also had a Jamal Williams, Kendra Miller, A.T. Perry, uh, James Washington, Brian Edwards, Nick Saldiveri, Storm Norton, Billy Price, and Foster Moreau in the offense. On the defense, they add Joe Woods, a defensive coordinator, alongside Brian Beasy, Nathan Shepard, Kalen Saunders, Tano Kepikasa, who I always call as uh, Kepasa, uh, Isaiah Forsky, Loney Johnson, and Jonathan Abram. They have lost Andy Dalton, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harry, or Hattie, uh, Jarvis Landry, Adam Tripman, and Nick Finette from the offense on the defense side, David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, Shai Tuttle, Kadarius Street, Caden Ellis, Chris Harris, PJ Williams, Justin Evans, and Daniel Sorensen. And they also lost Ryan Nielsen and Chris Ricard from the coaching staff. So this new and improved question mark, uh, Saints who you know are, are now getting a new quarterback in place which will hopefully be an improvement over the previous one they've they've brought in a lot of pieces to try and turn over this roster if it's uh do we think Carr can get the engine running or do we think this is not really going to uh to to, to do much like you know you're at a sad gig where you know the band does all the, the hits and then no one asked for an encore, and that, that feels like what the Saints are right now. Like they're like, yeah, we can we can run it back. We, we, like let's do it. And it's like, come on, guys. Like this was over like two years ago. Like maybe even three years ago at this rate. You know, your old head coach just moved on. Your old co- old quarterbacks now a me personality. It'll be another particularly interesting one. You know, probably one of your biggest playmakers, Alvin Kamara, is probably going to be in prison possibly. Michael Thomas, oh, he's back, definitely this year, guys, definitely going to happen. It's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And, you know, who do you bring in to replace them? Like, just okay, guys. Like, you know, Derek Carr. Wow, brilliant. I'm so excited to see Derek Carr, the guy who just had a pretty awful and up and down, well, not awful, just an incredibly inconsistent and uninspiring season uh, for the Raiders. And you're like, is this team better than the Raiders on offense? Maybe, but not that much. So why are you expecting to get suddenly an explosive defense? And you have a defense which is, you know, still got guys like Cam Jordan who's getting on in years. But outside that, like most of their, you know, more recent like swings, like Terrain Matthews kind of getting on in age. Uh, Marcus May it hasn't really lived up to the reputation coming off his injury when they signed him. Uh, you know, like they have guys like Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, who's still a good player, but and Demario Davis is still good for them, and it's not bad. It's just, yeah, like it's not good. It's not championship level, and this is a team that kind of missed its window. I think as Sean alluded to there earlier on, um, and you're kind of going, okay, what's the point now? Like it's not that they couldn't be building towards something in the future, but I just don't see that happening under Dennis Allen, like and under Derek Carr. Like they have Chris Olave, an exciting young uh, wide receiver, Rashid Shahid seemed to be like a, a red zone magnet last year. Uh, we'll see if he can actually be a consistent player. Uh, you know, Kendry Miller, they picked up as a rookie as running back. We can see rookie running backs pick up stuff quickly. And even if not, Jamal Williams is like, uh, he's an okay running back, good for the, the red zone anyway. Uh, and obviously a really good uh, guy in the locker room, or at least someone who's very passionate in the locker room. And the offensive line isn't bad. Like, you know, Ryan Ramchick's a still very good right tackle. 
Um, Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz are, are solid, albeit they're they're a little bit down, similar with Pete. And Trevor Penning was a, pretty much a very much a disappointment at left tackle last year. But you know we've seen guys make that like second year leap in previous years, and then you know they're bringing guys like Breesy and Foskey on the defense as rookies. Maybe they can get things up. But like it just all kind of feels like it's not going anywhere. It's not. Like they're just going to be a good, solid team somewhere in the kind of seven to ten type wins. And as we all have said throughout this uh, review or preview, you know, that could win you the division. But what are you going to do next? Like, what are you building towards? Uh, what What's the objective here? And it just kind of feels like the objective right now is to save Dennis Allen's job. And that doesn't feel like the most inspiring outcome and most inspiring direction for the team. And so I look across it and I see the basis of more, you know, solid football, you know, more Taysom Hill showing up, more, you know, uh, winning games, losing games and just, you know, not really going anywhere. So I suppose if, you, if you're looking in terms of hope, I suppose your hope is that Chris Olave, you know, from a solid rookie year can become a Justin Jefferson type superstar. Like if you have a Justin Jefferson type guy or, or, or someone like that, then that can be the centerpiece of your offense. But we didn't see quite enough room to kind of immediately put him in that category uh, with the Jamar Chases and Justin Jeffersons and all those kind of guys. On the defense, you bring in a new defensive coordinator. It's Joe Woods, so I wouldn't get too excited. Uh, but the hope then is that you kind of refresh up and help those guys who we know are talented, like Cam Jordan and Marshall Lattimore, and hopefully you get something there. Uh, and then, you know, hope maybe Alvin Kamara doesn't go to jail, even though there's video evidence of him beating people up. Um, you know, that might happen. And then, obviously, Alvin Kamara might have a year uh, or two of still being a top-end running back. But that just feels like a lot of speculation, a lot of putting pieces together. Uh, adding two and two together and getting five, uh, to be perfectly frank. So, look, I think as a team, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing right with it. And I think when you have a poor head coach and a head coach who obviously doesn't have the benefit of being like a brand new face when he came in last year, he was obviously a continuation uh, of the previous regime. It just, those things just don't work out the vast majority of time. And that just feels like where this, where this team is. So, you know, uh, you know, Saints fans, like, it's not going to be the worst of all time, but this feels very much like an interstitial, um, I suppose, enjoy Derek Carr being Derek Carr for a while. It'll be good in the weeks that it works, but uh, I wouldn't get my hopes up for that happening for more than half the season. Yeah, there's something oddly appropriate about Derek Carr playing for the New Orleans Saints, because this has become a very middling organization, and now they've, They've got rid of the, the last middling quarterback in Andy Dalton as he began to decline and was no longer middling, and so they brought in the new Andy Dalton, which is Derek Carr. And not an awful lot has changed. And as, as Ronan said, this is an organization that really feels like it's trying to, to run back a thing that stopped running about three or four years ago. This is, in part, still the Drew Brees team, this Drew Brees, Sean Payton team. It's just that the last remnants of it, the guys who can't let go, um, of, of, of the glory days. Um, they're going to be decent because the Saints always seem to be decent. Like they, they, they produce a couple of performances every year and the, the defense always seems to do things and they will win their, their more than their fair share of games and they'll be competitive in most games. But there's nothing to get excited about here whatsoever, especially if, say, Kamara doesn't end up being a part of this team anymore then you're really struggling to find out where the stars are. And as, as Ronan said, unless it's someone like Chris Olave, this team is going to, is go that he ends up being the star, this team is going to end up being all over the place. I mean, it's, this is a team that of all the, the team, the Saints ought to be dominating the NFC South, especially now that Brady is gone. This is the Saints division because they probably have the best organization in the division and they, they have, or they have had a consistent sense of who they are as a team, but this is just like a, a bad imitation. It's like it's like a bad tribute act uh, of the, the Drew Brees era. This is an organization that needs to fire their head coach, who needs to strip it all down and start taking risks and start again. I mean, say what you want about you know how long it's taken the Falcons to, to pull things together or how much of a mess the Panthers might be, as we'll talk about next. At least they're trying something. At least they're going, we did this thing, it no longer works, so now we're going to try and do a new thing. The Saints are fundamentally failing to try and do the new thing. And as a result, all they're going to be is a seven, eight, nine win team for the rest of eternity until they are, until somebody in head office has the bravery to be, let's tear this down, let's have a few terrible seasons, but maybe in four or five years we'll have a really good team. Because 
the way they're going, they will never get to that point, and this will always be a team that ends up on the cusp of the playoffs, but more often than not doesn't make it, and even if they do make the playoffs, they will get blown out in the wild card. That's basically this team's identity until they find a better one. That's their older identity. It's like basically the old world struggles to be born. Uh, sorry, the old world is dying, and the new world struggles to be born. Yeah. This is the time of mediocrity. <laughs> that is the thing. Like, like it's just the entire division. Like, but you're right. Like the Saints just don't feel like they've turned the page since losing Sean Payton at all. Apart from they're kind of trying to do the same thing, but not doing it as effectively. And even when you're saying like you know, kind of it feels out of time. Like even some of the pieces they're bringing in feel. Yeah, just it's just nothing, nothing, nothing exciting. Like Derek Carr, we've we've talked about this before and in the podcast. I'm not not his biggest fan. I don't think he really does a wild pile for us anyway. So like, you know, whatever. That's that is what it is. But like, like I I struggle to look at this roster and see where it's gotten massively better from where it was. Like, Kamara is you know he's got suspension stuff and is a bit older. Michael Thomas has been injured for most of the last two seasons and is older. Derek Carr is bleh. Like, I just, I just yeah. They've, they've got a lot of, like, man, this would be this would be a great setup six years ago with a different head coach. Like, I just, I, uh, I, I, I struggle to see how they've, how they've moved themselves on massively here. Now, that's not to say they're going to do nothing this year, because, you know, like, I think it's not exciting, but there is a base level of talent there. Like, Derek Carr isn't going to win you a Super Bowl, but he's also, like, probably not going to only win three games. Like, you know, Kamara is going to miss a few games, but he is still a quality player. Jamal Williams was great in his usage, but how will he look in this offense? Like, Chris, like they, they have some young talent as well. Chris Olave and stuff is there. But, like, it just... It, it feels like this is bang middle of the road... We're gonna we're gonna sit around 500. We're not gonna get a high enough draft pick to be able to get a, get the game changer to restart the franchise. They kind of just shuffling their way towards a, a, you know, management wringing their hands and going, well, I guess we'll just change coaching and see if that fixes it. Because um, this feels like this feels like a holding pattern, but like versus some of the other holding patterns that are like, let's clear you know money off the books or let's eat a load of contracts and move on from the previous section. This feels like. No, no, like, we're happy with seven or eight wins. Let's just hold at that and leave it there. And, uh, yeah, it just doesn't... It doesn't get me excited. And I remember back in the day getting excited by Saints teams, and this just doesn't have that feel for me at all, at all. Um, I'm shading on the upside just because I think there is talent on the roster, but that upside is nine wins, and they miss the playoffs for me. Seven and ten... Uh, the 11th best team in the NFC. Yeah, they're kind of just in this area. Like, it's just very mid. Yeah. Yeah, 8 and 9, 10th best team, no playoffs, no yeah. hope. Maybe just they'd just be sponsored by Mid Journey, you know? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird. They're, they're in, like, one of the most exciting cities in America. This is a team that used to be this incredibly dynamic thing that had an amazing fan base behind them, and now is just incredibly meh. And New Orleans deserves better, if nothing else than the Saints. To be fair, the Saints did suck for pretty much the entirety up to the Sean Payton era, so they've seen worse, but I assume most of those fans didn't exist until uh, the whole stuff <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, next, we will move on and have a look at the Panthers. So, Sean, I'll talk to you about these guys. So, this is a team that has done a bit more of a full overhaul. Kind of funny when you look at it, like... Yeah, the head, Frank, Frank Reich comes in and he starts bringing in just like, I want to change everything, but I also want to bring in a load of old people just to make sure that, you know, there's some stability here. So uh, he comes in, he brings in quarterback Andy Dalton, who's presumably going to be the backup to the rookie Bryce Young they pick up. Uh, they also bring in uh, Aviros, the defensive coordinator. On the offense, they add old man Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, Demir Bird, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, and Chandler Zavala. On the defense side, they had Von Bell, Eric Rowe, uh, Camu Gruger hill Jemmy Robinson, Shy Tuttle, Deshaun Williams, and DJ Johnson. They lost Sam Darnold, PJ 
Walker and Baker Mayfield. God, I forgot how depressing their quarterback room was last year. <laughs> um, they traded away TJ Moore, uh, Rashad Higgins, Andre Roberts, Preston Williams, John DeForman, Pat Elflin, and uh, Mike Jordan, not that Mike Jordan, uh, <laughs> are all gone from the offense on the defense side. Matt Leonidas, Corey Littleton, Damian Wilson, Miles Hatfield, sorry, Hartfield, TJ Carey, uh, Justin Burris, and Sean Chandler are all gone. So, Sean, bring in Frank Reich. I'm, I'm a fan of bringing in Frank Reich. Bryce Young, interesting new prospect. Is this going to, you know, are they turning the page from what we just discussed as being an incredibly grim-looking quarterback room from last year? Uh, or is this still in flux and they need to add some more pieces to, 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 to get on to the next stage? Well, no, I, I mean, I think it's first we gotta we got to give them praise for doing what the Saints aren't doing, which is deciding that the old way wasn't working and they need to tear it up. Now, in fairness to the Panthers, their old way was never all that good, so it, it didn't, I mean, since Cam Newton, this team has been a, a basket case, so it wasn't all that difficult to be like, well, the Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walk, Walker experiment isn't working. Let's tear it all up and, and start again. It's not a difficult decision to be made, but it was made, and, and they brought in some interesting pieces and they're, and they're going strong into the into the the QB, into the the rookie quarterback they're definitely trying to, to build a thing now it's the Panthers and when they try and build a thing it seems like 70% of the time it doesn't work so the jury is still out to a certain extent and definitely this season has the feel of season one of a, a rebuild it's a, it feels a little bit like Trevor Lawrence uh, uh, the Trevor Lawrence year one except they don't they have a much better head coach than Urban Meyer it feels like don't expect anything this year we might do some exciting things but definitely we're building something interesting um, as you said Frank Reich obviously has got a you know a pretty solid uh, record as a head coach it, it went okay uh, at the start with the Colts in his last job it kind of faded out pretty quickly after that um, they brought in Ijiro Avivo, uh, DC. He's part of the, the the Rams, the Sean McVay thing, and he also did a season of the Broncos last year, where the, the defense was actually pretty decent. So he's got some, he's got a decent CV behind him. Uh, and the idea, I guess, is as you said, develop Bryce Young. Will he be starting Week One or will he not? I, I'd imagine they'll probably will try and start him Week One, and if it's not working, then. Uh, maybe be in a, be willing to be in a position to to bring in Dalton uh, as a as a guide and then they put kind of veterans around him people like like Adam Thielen who probably is past his best DJ Chark who you know he's 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 definitely I like DJ Chark I, I'm not sure I do why like him and I do, but I do like him I do think he's capable do, 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 of putting do, do, do. up a big he's got a great name to be fair um he's probably capable of putting up big yards but maybe he too is a little bit past uh, his best um just to, I think to get things ticking over, Miles Sanders is also you know a veteran that, that they can they can get some sort of uh, productivity um, out of. So it's it's definitely a new era. I definitely think Panthers fans have to be patient with any rookie quarterback, uh, especially one like Young, who is considered maybe a tiny bit more of a risk in terms of developing into the the NFL mold. That the talent is unquestionable, but he might need a little bit of coaching, and he's not going to be kind of maybe good to go week one. You've got to be patient. This team will probably start off poorly enough and then maybe pick up. They might have a very good second half um, of the season, for example. But this is, I mean, I think it's just a, a perfect object lesson in give your fan base something to be excited about, right? It's very difficult for the Saints fan bases to get excited about Derek Carr. The Falcons fan bases are probably not too excited about Desmond Rinder, but at least the Panthers have you know, a summer and maybe a few weeks to be like, oh my God, Bryce Young could be the answer. Now, you know, quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks uh, fail as often as they succeed and it could go either way, but at least they have that excitement. At least they're going to have fans in the in their seats week one, week two being like, we can make this work. And they'll be, you know, trying to pick through the, the, the offense that works and the offense uh, bits that don't. And I, I think it will be up and down and and they won't maybe do all that much that they will that they can do. They have some interesting pieces on the defensive side. I mean, I like Von, Von Bell. Uh, Derek Brown is, is quite good. They, they you know, the, the, it's going to be interesting to see if Aviro can, can shape 
you know, it's a decent, if not spectacularly talented defensive unit if Aviro can, can shape something interesting out of it. Um, given it the division they're in, they certainly have a shot at, if they get on a, a run, they certainly have a shot of stealing, uh, you know, a division and a playoff spot. I happen to think it's at least a year, if not two years, too early for them in terms of that. And I don't think that's what they should be aiming for. I think this year, I think everybody's probably going to be on the same page of being like, this is a year where we just need to see we need to see the sparks. We need to see the, the, the things that the, the potential that can be maximized in future years. We need to see if Bryce Young can potentially be good someday. We need to see if, if the, both the offensive and defensive schemes have potential in them. So I don't think they're going to be expecting, uh, you know, a massively successful season, but you never know. They might get that nine win season or given this division, I think eight wins won this division last year. Um, that could also be a thing that could happen. So it's not outside the realms possibly that they'll win the division this year, but I think it's more likely they're targeting two or three years down the line. When this team, when this team could potentially be very good, especially if they bring in younger wide receivers to, to kind of, once Young has established himself, and he's, he's got his good relationship with the veterans, can, he now, can they now transition to the next set of wide receivers um, that can give them something more dynamic? Um, but right now they've got the skirting blanket around him, and this is very much going to be a builder, a builder year. See what we've got, and then work from there. And, and as a result, I'm kind of interested to see this team, um, but I don't expect them to be fantastic out of the gate week one. Yeah, this is kind of like uh, I get what you mean that there's hope there that they're doing a lot of things, they're moving lots of stuff around. So it's a it's a future looking hope rather than a hope for this season, I think. Because barring Bryce Young coming out of the coming out of the tracks like absolutely flying, I don't see how this offense is going to work fantastically well like say we take Bryce Young out of the equation because he's a bit of an unknown if we look at like Andy Dalton Miles Sanders TJ Chark and Adam Thielen like that feels like a fantasy football team I've got because I messed up my draft so I traded a lot and I lost every single trade that I made like I don't think it's very exciting. I do like DJ Chark, but he's like he hasn't performed in the last two years. Adam Thielen is like fifty. Uh, like, I their offensive line isn't great. They don't have depth behind that kind of stuff. Like Chuba Hubbard is your backup to uh, to um, Miles Sanders. Like I just I, I I struggle to see it. And then on the defensive side, there's not a lot of name talent. There's a few decent parts, but like. But this is the thing. Like, I don't think that's not a negative in the long term because, like I said, this is the start of a this is the start of a rebuild versus like the Falcons are on year three of a rebuild versus the Saints are on year six of a keep the same build. Like, it's just a bit of a bit of a mess. I I think they're going to want to see what they can get out of Bryce Young, see what players he's able to work with, basically see what areas he needs support in the most and then draft targeting those positions would be my guess. Um but I'm I'm struggling to look at this roster and think this'll be successful this year in any way. Like this'll be scrape your way to six or seven wins is my thought process when I look at this Panthers team. Yeah, like I'm probably giving them a premium towards the end of like the top of their uh, projection. I think just because of that hope factor that Sean talked about, I think like a team in a division which has like two Ozymandias-style teams which are, you know, in the sands and their empire is wasting away and the one team that's taken three years to get their situation that's not that much better than this Panthers team. The Panthers team, there's no real pressure on them because obviously this is a multi-year thing building towards hopefully a championship-level team, but you have the rookie quarterback who's obviously very highly touted, um, looked like a great player, at Alabama, certainly a guy who looks ready to play at the NFL level, level outside of maybe being a little bit small, but he doesn't look like a Kyler Murray guy who's going to get himself hit a lot unnecessarily. Uh, and then you have Andy Dalton there even as a backup, so it's like the, the floor is okay-ish at least. And then, yeah, like uh, like the weapons are probably the biggest issue. Like, yeah, Miles Sanders as your running back one, are you going to feed him a bunch? I haven't really seen him be explosive enough um, to justify that, maybe outside of his first year. He had a good year last year, obviously, behind a good offensive line, but, you know, how much of that was the Philly O-line and how much was that Miles Sanders? And yeah, look, DJ Chark and Adam Thielen is not the most fearsome starting wide receiver duo to start the, the year, and don't be surprised if there's a team that's like continues to churn through receivers as they go through, but they do have young guys like Terrace Marshall, people have said, might break out. Um, they drafted John Mingo this year, and so... I think behind a good offensive line, like I think Okwanu looked to be building into the guy they wanted when they drafted him highly 
a couple of years ago. Taylor Moulton's just a good, solid player as well as Christensen and Bozeman. Maybe an issue at one of the guard positions, but overall, I think it's like they've built up the trenches there on the offensive side that I don't think Bryce Young's going to be getting hit like a thousand times like you saw Justin Fields last year. So I think he's going to have a solid component around him. But I think, you know, the upside, Side here, I think, is actually on the defense. Like a Giro of Hero, obviously a guy who has come from good franchises, had success there. You know, he definitely wasn't the problem with the Broncos last year. Like, you know, they just needed to score over 20 points and they probably would have won a few, like a, maybe even like, you know, the six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. Uh, but unfortunately, the offense was complete poop and he basically wanted to get out of there and has now come in and has a very young, talented uh, defense like Derek Brown. Looked like last year he was finally going to fulfill his potential and be that kind of all-pro type interior defensive lineman. Brian Burns is always good for around 10 or so sacks a season. Uh, Shai Tuttle, I think, was a good, solid um, defensive line pickup in free agencies. And look, there's a bit of lack of depth there behind those guys, but I think you know they're a good candidate to maybe pick up a veteran uh, like Justin Houston um, in free agency to kind of add some uh, you know tutelage there for the younger guys, but also just some you know effective uh, pass rushing um, as they go through the season. Shaq Thompson uh, at the beginning of last season looked like an all-pro type player, fell off a little bit, but he's a very good linebacker. I think Frankie Louvu has also been pretty solid for them. And then in the defensive backfield, I think it's actually looking pretty good. Like Jeremy Chin, um, bit of a down year last year, but in his first year looked like one of the best defensive backs in the league. I think JC Horn and Dante Jackson is, you know, like a top 10 uh, defensive backfield, in my opinion. So that's good. They bring in Von Bell at, at strong safety. He's obviously been a, just a really good, solid player for multiple teams now. Uh, for a while in the NFL, and Xavier Woods is kind of in a simple category. So I look at this defense, and I kind of see with Averro that, or Averro, uh, that there's a good chance that maybe this does take a big step up, and it kind of turns into the unit that I think all of this talent could justify. And if you add that into just a more hopeful, future-orientated organization where they're like, they got nothing to lose, they have everything to gain, and in a weak division where everyone else is kind of spinning their wheels to some extent, except for the Falcons who are maybe uh, up there as well. Um, uh, but as I said, longer in the toot. Like, this is a team, there's no pressure. No one's going to get fired after this year. Everyone's going to give them time. And I think in that situation, I just give, I give them a little bit of edge there that, you know, if we're at the end of the season and it's a bit of a mess in the NFC South again, that if the momentum is going to fall to one team, it'll be the team that's building momentum in the long run. And that is the Panthers right now. So, yes, definitely issues a wide receiver uh, and that running back. But I think over the course of the season, they maybe figure that out and maybe pip this division at the end of it. Yeah, so I've got them going 6-11. and 11, And I think, like, barring Bryce Young being incredible out of the gates, I think that's close enough to where I'd imagine they, they, that their upper end would be. Yeah, I have nine and eight, getting the the winning the division, going on the wild card, a very good start to this project. But yeah, like look, this entire division, I have no fucking idea what's going to happen. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, seven and ten for me, eleventh uh, best in FC. But as I said, it's not about this year; it's about two or three years from now. Yeah. Fair enough, and that wraps up the NFC South. So, um, oh, yeah, I think... What a think division that was, Jesus. Uh, At least the AFC South is like the Jags in it, where you can get like excited about one. There's no team in this division you can get no, excited about. No, it's there's like, not. God, it's uh, it, is, it is pretty grim reading. Uh, although, for anyone whose team is in here, it does mean it's wide open at the moment. Um, yeah, no uh, fun times. So, obviously, we'll be talking about the NFC West next week. But uh, any crack with yourselves, lads, for the weekend? Any plans? Uh, if I if I got my maths right, this is the weekend that I'm up for the RPG. Yeah, yeah you'll be coming up and we'll be uh, yeah, having yeah, a, we're having to crack finally with finish the... the game that we started two and a half years ago or something like that. Yeah. Jesus, uh, th- probably three years ago now at this yeah, stage. It maybe. might be. It might be. Definitely was a COVID thing. So yeah. Yeah. Madness. Epic conclusion. <laughs> yes. You live stream us. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Be, uh... But no one will get the lore. Only us. Only the four of us will know all the lore. <laughs> That's very true. What about yourself, Ronan? Any crack? Nah, it's just yeah. Like it's just been work orientated this summer, so that will probably continue. Uh, hopefully, by the time uh, the NFL season comes back, then I'll be back to more uh, plans and future oriented stuff. Very good, very good. Uh, well, I suppose that'll wrap us up for this week. So it's a uh, bye for myself, bye from Ronan. Bye. Bye from John. Bye. It's been all four quarters. Thanks for listening. We'll chat to you next week. Bye.